Welcome, welcome to Dynamo's Dozen, the podcast that I bring you each and every single week where I talk about whatever may be on my mind from pro wrestling, sports, entertainment, music, movies, musically, fresh socks and jocks, and everything in between, never forgetting the talk or two tales of woe, and this is Dynamo's Dozen. And you are very, very welcome to this week's edition of Dynamo's Dozen, where I will have a very special guest. I know I say very special guest every week because all my guests are very special. But this week, I have somebody who I uh, used to grow up watching and was very, very entertained by. Um, A manager by the name of Sonny Ono, who was with WCW from 1994 all the way till 1999 so Sonny Ono is a very very interesting character uh, most of you guys who would know guys and gals who would know um, of Sonny Ono uh, he, he was one of the most entertaining and colorful managers of the WCW era um, he used to come out in the most flashiest of suits and uh, always had the little shades, little Ozzy Osbourne shades, but a very, very, very smart man, but also somebody that really had a big hand in uh, the Japanese aspect of WCW back when they had guys like Masahiro Chono, um, you know, Yoshin Thunder Liger, uh, Yuji Nagata. Um, he, was, he was basically the spokesperson um, and the liaison between WCW and New Japan Pro Wrestling. So this guy had a big hand um, behind the scenes as well. So this is a guy that I've been trying to get on for for quite a while. It's been uh, it's been in the working in the workings uh, for for quite a while, and uh, I'm pleased to say today I will be speaking to uh, to to Mr. Sonny Ono. But before I do, um, I've got some good news. There's going to be some big announcements uh, next week um, regarding a our first sponsorship here at uh, Dynamo's Dozen. Um, you may have seen a couple of little things that I've thrown up <laughs> regarding a, a certain beer um, that is is uh, going around by the same name as as myself, uh, not Dynamo Kelly. Yeah, so uh, I will be announcing that next week and. Uh, we are we're, we're in the initial stages of, of talks regarding that and um, I will be pleased to announce it next uh, next week hopefully um, and um, I'll keep you posted because there's going to be some great competitions all you guys and gals love your beer love your craft beer love different types of beer who doesn't and uh, there's going to be uh, some great opportunities for you guys to actually win some um, some really cool stuff, so um, I'll, I'll let you know about that next week, but before I do get on to uh, Mr. Sonny Ono, I need you guys and gals, because some of you have actually went and done it, after six months of me pleading which is to do it, I need you to go to iTunes and search Dynamo's Dozen, give me a five star rating, and leave a review, 
um, you you you've taken the up you know taken the advice that I've asked you to <laughs> to do it. And so some of you have, some of you haven't. But I would implore you, and I would I would uh, if you like listen to the show, and it's something that you listen to every week. It only takes ten seconds to do. Please go and do it. Um, follow me on Ian Kelly dot Podbean dot Ian um, IanKelly800.podbean.com um, That's where you can you can go straight to the source To my wonderful host Podbean And you can follow me And you'll get all your stuff downloaded Straight to your, your device Whatever it may be that you listen on um, Also on all Android devices We're on all Android devices But if you're iTunes As I say I do implore you If you subscribe to iTunes Just Please leave me a, a five-star rating. Um, it helps more than you ever know. I am giving you free content when there's certain content out there that is not free. Um, like anything, this is free. Um, I put a lot of work into getting uh, these people that that you hear. Um, this is the 28th episode now. Um, put a lot of work into this and never ask for anything back other than just a little, a little rating on uh, iTunes or follow and a good review on iTunes and on on Podbean so um it's it, it, it's greatly appreciated and I hope um, you're still enjoying the content that I'm bringing to you because I know you're going to enjoy today's show um what I would implore all you guys and gals to do as well is to go and um, actually join the mailing list it's dynamosdozen at gmail.com that's dynamosdozen at gmail gmail.com dynamosdozen at gmail.com um all lowercase and um, just sign up to it because like I said there's gonna be some competitions coming up in the next couple of weeks um, where I'm gonna have some really really cool stuff to um, to give away um, so please just uh, sign up to that mailing list it's gonna be worth your while get ahead of the game be one of the first people that is in the loop regarding what I've got coming up because I will be um, sending you guys um, the first, uh, the, 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 what would we call it? The inside scoop is what I'll be doing. I'll be giving you guys the inside scoop before anybody else, before it goes up on any social media and stuff like that. So, um, if you'd like to go and win a win a trip to a brewery for the day, um, yeah, there's a little hint for you. Get y'all asses on to. Dynamos dozen at gmail dot at gmail.com and um, and just sign up to the mailing list. Literally just send me a message saying, Yep, that's you know, whatever your name is, just just sign up to it guys. It's 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 gonna be well worth it. So um good to see my uh, good to see my boys doing well with their podcast still. Um Couch Pundit Couch the couch pundit um, Neil Keegan still doing absolutely phenomenal. Um, King Rose Court, you just heard uh, you heard my little tribute there to uh, my boys in Two Tales of Woe, Carl King with uh, "Burning Lands." What a fucking badass song! I had to pick that to uh, to be my intro this week. Um, and of course, my boy Justy, who was absolutely killing it. Um, for all you guys that don't know the Spandex Pantomime, his uh, show was actually uh, second show there. They put it up 
um, as, as a free show. I listened to the whole thing. I had, had a great talk with Jordan Devlin and uh, Be Cool and uh, Sammy D. And uh, I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. They did. Justy actually talked about some great points regarding the whole, um, which I'm not going to get into, but the whole um, dodginess behind the scenes and in, in, in certain UK wrestling territories now. And and he put a lot of it into perspective uh, for somebody that is in the in the know uh, of 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 a lot of the talents that have uh, been around this and. You know, it's 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 just a really great show. That's not the only topic of conversation, by the way. He talks about a lot of great stuff, and as I said, it's a really really funny like twenty to twenty five minute uh, interview with himself and Sammy D and B Cool and Jordan Devlin, which is really well worth listening to. So uh, I would implore you all to go and check it out. Um, I've given you all the links before, so you know where to go. Low blows and um, and check it out. It's it's well worth listening to, but um, you've had ten minutes of me battling on and letting you know that you're going to win some great stuff and telling you to go and and here I am today on Dynamo's Dozen. This has been in the works for quite a while. Um, me and this man have been talking for for actually quite a while, and it, it it's it's finally come to fruition. I have with me. Um, one of the I consider him a wrestling legend in the manager right, Mister Sonny Ono. Sonny, how are you, my friend? It's it's great. You know, I I mean, life been good to me. Wrestling been good to me, and of course, you know, I'm, I'm involved still in martial arts. So yeah, everything everything's pretty good. Life is good. Yeah, you are still involved in martial arts. Actually, I suppose when we when we talk about your martial arts um, career, that that was that was how you started out. You're you're from Japan originally. What wh whereabouts in Japan are you from? Oh, I I, I was born about uh, uh, less than a uh, well half a mile from Imperial Palace in a place called Nihonbashi, which is me meaning Japanese uh, uh, bridge. It's a very famous bridge, and and right in the center of Tokyo. Right by the Imperial Palace. Yeah. I have always tell my friend that if I was born half mile away, you know, I could I, I, I could have been a member of the Imperial family. Really? Uh, you know. Yes. Yeah, so I, I, you know, it, it's it's unfortunate, but uh, you know, I, I, I could have been descendant of actual sun god. <laughs> well, to me, you are descendant of the sun god because I remember when I was. <laughs> Um, but no, getting to your uh, your martial arts. I know you competed in um, in international kickboxing and martial arts um, competition back between like in, in from the seventies to the all through yeah. to the eighties. Yeah, yeah, seventy till about uh, uh, 19, 1981 or so. I was ranked number one at the bantamweight, which was about one hundred and twenty five pound weight class. Sure, and I was yeah, I was I was I was the number one ranked fighter in the country, uh, in the world for uh, about six years. That's incredible, Sonny. So, like, when we're when we're talking about, I mean, take take me back to to um, to like you know the seventies and eighties when you were competing. What was that sort of competition like? Was was there much padding that you would wear, or was well, it full there's, contact? There's, yeah, there's, there's uh, uh, the kickboxing, which is uh, it was called the Professional Karate Association, yeah, which was uh, run by Joe Corley and and. Uh, uh, they, they, we did not kick below the waist. So 
uh, idea was to make have a little bit more cleaner form of of competition. Sure. Um, you know, it, it, and and of course, Thai kickboxing. You know, the, the, you um, um, you can use elbows, uh, knees, leg kicks. Um, what we what PKA was was a little bit more cleaner or re- more refined. You know, it was a, a, a kick. They encouraged kicking to the head, uh, um, and and that's what they try to present. And it was, you know, it, it was a pretty good uh, going thing. And 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 until, um, you know, late '80s, the early '90s. That's that's when when uh, you know uh, other thing came in like MMA and stuff. Yeah, kind of evolved from that. But you know, I've been involved in martial arts um, for so long. You know, before that, um, I, I studied judo and and got into uh, what we call Okinawan style goju-ru, which is the name of the style. Um, and you know, even to this day, you know, I I, I still um, get out there and, and and still does uh, my karate exercise. Um, but you know, competition is you know I was very competitive as as, as a, a young man, yeah. and you know, and and being Asian and being Japanese, you know, martial art was kind of you know they kind of expected every every little Japanese guy to know some martial arts. And so, um, you know, and, and there was a lot of people that, that, that uh, uh, encouraged me to participate. <coughs> and I loved competing. You know, I was very yeah. competitive. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. I mean, actually, when you think about it, when you're a young man, you know, between 18 to, you know, 28 years old. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was a way for us to pay 25 bucks entry fee, you know, travel, uh a fight all day long, beat people up, um, and 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 not 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 spend a night in jail. Yeah, you, you <laughs> so, got your you got your frustrations out through competition. Through right. Com- yeah. Yeah. So I, I really enjoyed the, uh, the 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 fighting aspect of it, and and uh, art form aspect of it, which is uh, you see a, a pattern that that, uh, that that what they call kata or a pattern competition. Yeah. Uh, Kind of like you know, it's a uh, a form. It's a form competition. Yeah, it's all about showing your your forms in terms of movements right. and stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I did that, and that evolved. The fighting evolved into uh, 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 kickboxing. Yeah. You know, so I'm I'm one of the very few actually martial arts in the United States actually participated, and and was world rated at all three of the competition. So you're you're the real life glacier, Sonny. <laughs> well, you know, it, what's interesting is that, you know, martial art has taken me to many places, including professional wrestling. But, yeah. you know, as, as a karate team member, or there was a, comp- uh, a, a Transport Oil yeah. and Atlantic Richfield actually had a, a, a professional karate team, which I was a part of the me- member of that team. Yeah. And, you know, this is back in the 70s. We were making, you know, $50,000 a year just just being just competing in karate tournament, which was a lot of money back then. Absolutely, and, yeah. Yeah. So I've been very fortunate, you know, because of my martial arts, and 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 uh, um, I got to actually travel all over the world. I've been to South Africa when there was still apartheid still going on. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I traveled to Germany and 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 Austria and all over Europe. You know, France, um, uh, um, um, England. So I've been all over Europe, and of course, 
you know, um, got to compete in, in, in uh, uh, Thailand, Korea, and Japan as well. Um, so martial arts have taken me all over the place. But one of the greatest things about the hap- all that is that because of my martial arts, you know, I got involved in professional wrestling. Yeah, and, and, yeah, yeah. And, you know, with that, um, you know, I'm one of the very few people who lives in the United States who've been to North Korea and came back without being um, captured or, <laughs> you know, me and Rodman. Um, sure, we, we yeah, actually did yeah, no. an event. Yeah, no. And we actually did an event in North Korea. Really? That's what I was going to say because, like, I, I wasn't even going to mention that, but it, it's really interesting that you brought that up because, yeah, like, you actually went over to North Korea um, in a time when it was still Kim Jong-il, yeah? Um, yeah, it was Kim Jong-il. Yeah. And, you know, I went there with Muhammad Ali, yeah. um, Ric Flair, Eric Bischoff. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 Road Warrior Hawk was there. Uh, Tuco Scorpio, yeah. um, Rick, and you know Rick Steiner. I mean, we took a bunch of our guys along with New Japan people, um, our wrestlers, um, Akira Hokuto, uh, Bo Nakano, Kinsuke Sasaki, you know Masa Saito. All those guys. We went there, and if you look at the Guinness Book of World Record as most attendant of wrestling fans, um, you'll see the WCW. Um, uh, we did it at the uh, May Day Stadium in, in Pyongyang, and uh, it was uh, 150,000 people one night. And uh, our main event night where Ric Flair wrestled Antonio Inoki, it was 180,000 people. Wow. Wow. Now, uh, I, will, I will qualify and also say that those guys probably didn't pay the ticket. I'm sure. not sure. <laughs> but they, had to, they probably had to be there. Yeah. You know? But, yeah. but, uh, but it's the largest audience ever. Um, recorded for a professional wrestling event. So was that like in a, because I mean you don't you don't really hear much about that you know, um, no. you don't hear that talk. So like, w- would that have been an outdoor arena or an indoor arena? Oh yeah, it was a huge outdoor arena. So like a football uh, stadium you know, kind of thing. Massive number of people. Yeah, it, 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 it was an unbelievable experience. You know, um, yeah. um, you know, it's once in a lifetime experience. So. You know, I'm 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 blessed. Uh, I got to travel all over the world. Um, um, you know, with my martial arts and with my um, um, uh, professional wrestling, and got to meet uh, you know most amazing people. And tell me, like, because I'm really interested in that story because it just it kind of segued in, into that. Um, yeah. Like, when you were obviously, you say like. How how was it like when you went over there? Was there was there big kind of screening or anything like that? Well, or? first of all, you know, I, you know, um, um, I I get a warning from from uh, uh, the government saying, hey, you know, we don't want you to go there. Sure, um, we, we can't guarantee your safety there. And but they also said, told me that when I went to South Africa as well. So you know, I said, look, I'm going because you know I'm invited by the government. Yeah, um, you know. I don't think they're going to invite me to, to, to you know. To kill you. Not they're not going to kill you. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so, I mean, and it's, it, like I said, it's once-in-a-lifetime experience. Even if you wanted to go, you can't even go there. You know what I mean? And and uh, when we flew in, we flew from Nagoya, uh, which is a city north of uh, Tokyo, sure. on a North Korean plane that was like a DC-9. Um, a prop plane 
Um, and and I and I know you know they were they were they were putting their best stuff forward for us, but you know it, it's obvious that that, that uh, the you know the, because of sanction and all that, you know they don't have they don't have funding. And this plane, I remember when we were taking off, and everybody's you know we all kind of first thing we learn when we when we fly on a plane is you know put on your seatbelt before you take off. But so everybody's looking for the seatbelt, and a lot of the seat didn't even have a seatbelt. <laughs> <laughs> you could probably yeah, so. you could probably smoke and drink and whatever you wanted to do on the plane. <laughs> oh yeah, you could do whatever you want. Uh, whatever you want. <laughs> but uh, you know, when we got there, we we're flying over the capital um, of Pyongyang, and yeah. you see, you see a like eight lane highway coming in four different directions, and and and. Um, Matter of fact, later on, I asked one of the North Korean, they called it our interpreter, but she was Secret Service people. And, and I asked her that, and she goes, I asked her, I said, why do you have such, you know, such a beautiful highway, and, and, but no cars? Because we didn't see any cars there. Sure. <laughs> and, and she says, oh, you know, our highways are designed so that when you, when American comes to, uh, when you guys come to bomb our airports, so we have a place to land our fighters and stuff. Oh, wow. And I, you know. Wow. Yeah, it was kind of weird. I mean, That's crazy. Was, you know, propaganda, right? Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, they were asking me questions like, uh, we had to do a Q&A session. They were asking me stuff like, you know, you know, Japanese has, uh, don't you think Japanese should pay for their war crime and pay the North Korean and, and stuff like that? And they asked Eric Bischoff, um, um, American dropped every, dropped the bomb uh, for every citizen of North Korean, yeah, don't you think America should pay for that? You know, and stuff like that. And we all, both of us, you know, we were smart enough to not, not, not to fall into that trap. Yeah, yeah, hey. yeah. Don't. Yeah, whenever they ask me yeah. about Jap Japanese thing, I goes, I, I don't know anything about it. I was born after the war, yeah. and frankly, I live in Iowa. <laughs> yeah, man, that's exactly it, dude. That's exactly it. Like, I mean, over here in Ireland, we had uh, we had our own war with the UK back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, only, you know, only a little, little over a hundred years ago. Um, right. but, it, but it's like, you know, if we were to all hold resentment to, to the same people that we, we, you know, that are my friends, you wouldn't right, have any right. friends outside of your own country, you know? <laughs> right. You know, so it's, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it was an amazing experience. Um, um, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I look back now and, and, and. I'm so glad that, you know, I, I, I was involved in it. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of the boys, you know, they were scared to death because the first thing we got there, they took our passport. Yeah. And they're all freaking out about it. And I said, listen, I was telling the boys, I said, what are you going to do even if you had your passport? There's no, there's no flight out of here. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, there's no bus. There's no boat. No. You know, you got DMZ to the south and you got... You know, communist China to the north. You know, and you got to get through the minefield before you can get out, get to China. Yeah. I said, yeah. You know, I said, yeah. So just behave yourself, and you will be okay. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't get too drunk. But I'll tell you what. Let's yeah. let's kind of let's get into that because we, we 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 kind of segued into that into that story, which is is really cool, by the way. Um, yeah. But. Through your martial arts, um, that's when you first met Eric Bischoff, am I correct? Yeah, you're absolutely right, yes. 
Yeah, and and what was that meeting like? What was what was that? How did that all come well, about? Like, yeah. you know, when when early, you know, you know, this, this is you know, this is forty years ago, but sure. you know, early, you know, when we're in our early twenties, you know, Eric was uh, uh, one of the places I trained up in up in uh, 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 Minneapolis, Minnesota. He was managing a, uh, uh, a karate school, and where I trained. So and and uh, so on a weekend we would you know we would travel to Atlanta Georgia which is you know six seven hundred miles away or uh, um, all over the United States actually um, and and uh, we would travel together in a van or you know we fly together and we we because we traveled you know we got to be friends you know we would share rooms or whatever and and that's how we became friends so we were friends you know as as a black belt. Uh, competing in tournament, and one day I get a phone call. Well, actually, Eric and I have become friends, and we've done some business together. So was Eric? Eric was actually sorry to cut across you, but Eric was actually a black belt as well. Oh yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He he got he got disqualified more than he won a tournament because he was always <laughs> stomping on you know people, and you you would punch after the you know referee said stop. So Eric so. was Eric was a legitimate heel. <laughs> oh yeah, he and he was he was a pretty good fighter. I mean he. You know, he was one of the he was one of the heel. I mean, he was a legitimate heel fighter. <laughs> you know, I like um, it. He so he would have guy. he would have legitimately at Slamboree nineteen ninety eight. He would have legitimately whooped Vince McMahon's ass. I, I think he would he would he would have certainly give. Uh, yeah, I, I think I, I I would put my money on Eric. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm going with you. I'm going with you on that. <laughs> um. But sorry, but, yeah. So, so that's how we became friends, and we done some business together. And I'm going to tell you something that what Eric talks about in his book, you know, how he got into professional wrestling. And this is a very true story. So Eric and I came up with, or I came up with this, this, this game, this little Velcro uh, Ninja Stars, you know, little, little, you know, those uh, um, Ninja Stars that, they, you know, feudal days, they used to throw those things around, yeah. little darts. Well, so I came up with this game called Ninja Star Wars, and it was you would have a desk of a Velcro desk, uh, uh, and you wore a vest and a headband and eye got you know eye protection, and the headband was made out of the, the, the material that Velcro would stick to. So basically, it was a low tech laser tag, you know, and we created storyline how to capture enemies' flags and stuff like that, you know. And, and uh, I, 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 you know, I, Eric and I both came up with an idea, and, and we made it, we had this game made, but we didn't know how to sell it. Yeah, yeah. And so Eric, Eric being entrepreneur that he is, and business person that he is, he said, we get, Sonny, we got to get this on TV. We have to get this on TV. So we shot a commercial using my, my karate students, and, and he went to AWA, a Vern Gagne, um, um, world, you know, uh, uh, championship wrestling, AWA, mm-hmm. and um, because AWA would would sell their uh, program to places like uh, uh, local channels and syndication and 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 uh, um, uh, WGN Chicago and and TVS, which is Ted Turner's company in Atlanta. And Eric went in to pitch the game 
because they will get commercial time in exchange for their programming that they can sell. Sure. So Eric would Eric made arrangements so they could show our commercial and have an 800 number where people can order this stuff. Well, you know, we, 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 didn't, we didn't get rich, but we didn't lose money either. Okay. Uh, but that's how Eric got into wrestling. And what happened to Eric was they said to Eric, hey, you know, you're a good-looking guy, you speak well, how'd you like to come in and sell syndication for us? So they, they actually offered him the gig. Yeah. 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 And then, then, so he was traveling to a place like Atlanta, Chicago, at the Superstation, um, to sell their program. And that's how he made contact between Vern Gagne and Ted Turner's World Championship Wrestling. Wow. That's interesting. And, and when Eric became, uh, you know, a third-string announcer, he started announcing shows for AWA. Yeah. And opportunity came along for Eric to get hired by, you know, uh, um, Crockett's and, and WCW. That's how Eric got in the wrestling business. So, Eric, he would have broke in. What, what year would he have broke in? Maybe... That would have been, that would have been like... 80, you know, late 80s. Yeah, like, border and border. And then, yeah, I got Yeah, 80, 88, you know, something like yeah, that. Yeah, sure, sure. And, and, and so Eric gets a job at WCW. A couple of years later, lo, lo and behold, he's the vice president of uh, operation. <laughs> That's and sad. he calls me up one day. 1994, you know, right? I got right? a job down in Atlanta. He calls me up one day. And talking about his Corvette, which is his black Corvette, because he know I'm a car guy. So he's talking about, you know, he's, he's uh, you, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I can surmise that he had a couple of, you know, cocktail while he was driving his car. So I said, hey, Eric, you need to slow down there. I know that that's a fast car. And talking about how fast the car is and stuff. And he's all excited about his, his black Corvette. And he says, hey, Sonny, I'm going to Japan next week, Thursday, to try to, try to, uh, uh, um, pitch a couple things is um, why don't you come with me and uh, uh, you know we'll try to pitch a kickboxing show yeah that's what he says to me so I go well yeah great I love to go to Japan sure you know so he says alright I'll, I'll, I'll you know I'll, I'll make the arrangements and I'll call you next Thursday I said great so Monday come Tuesday come I get nothing from Eric. I get no calls. So, you know, um, we got two days. So yeah. I, I call Eric and I go, Eric, uh, how you doing? He goes, good. You know, he took my phone call at his office and I said, hey, Eric. Uh, and you can tell he was in kind of a rush. And I said, hey, by the way, I said, Eric, uh, are, are we still going to Japan Thursday? And he goes, this is, this is exactly what he said to me. Oh, shit. You're the guy I was talking to. Fuck. <laughs> he said, I'll call you right back. He calls me back and says, okay, be here Thursday, you know, Thursday morning. Our flight leaves at 1230. Um, you know, you can fly with me from Atlanta. I got your ticket. So I said, great. So anyway, so we get to Japan. Uh, we have a meeting with um, four of the scariest looking guy you can ever imagine, which is uh, Masa Saito. Who's 64 Olympian? You guys uh, know who that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, um, no doubt. You got Sakaguchi, who's about six foot. I think he was about six six. 
heavyweight judo uh, uh, Olympic champion. And we got Choshu, weighs about 300 pounds. Choshu is you know? a big boy, yeah. Yeah. And and uh, 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 I can't remember who else was. But anyway, four of the meanest looking guy that you can imagine. Yeah. And and uh, Tiger Hattori was there and said, and Eric began to speak at our meeting. And, and mind you, I don't know nothing about wrestling business. Yeah. And yeah. and as the world, word, word, word is coming out of Eric's mouth, and I'm translating, so I'm simultaneously translating, and first time hearing that previous management for WCW have taken about a half million dollars out of New Japan to give them their talent on a talent exchange program, but they didn't send any talent. Wow. So, so actually, you know, I'm listening to Eric telling these guys sorry about you know stealing half a million dollars out of you guys. So this is <laughs> a, this is around like 1994 when you were you were basically hired as like yeah, an off camera. Yeah, this was about 93. I think we went there in 93. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So like, you were basically like a, a consultant. Yeah. Well, I wasn't even a consultant then. I just went there talking about pitching a karate show. And, in, and so I went with that premises. Intermediate. Next thing I know, I'm yeah. explaining to them, you know, why how Eric Bishop are going to make it right the money you paid us. So we made a deal that that you know let let me let let me try to make this up to you guys for money you paid us from you know and 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 year ninety four and that's when we started bringing the um um uh that's when we did the World War Three uh, uh pay per view. Where yeah. I managed the uh, um, Masa Saito, Jushin Thunder Tiger, yeah. Kanemoto, Tensuke Sasaki, and and so on, and we started bringing uh, um, uh, Chono, Muda, all those guys. Out of New you Japan. were you were one of the first guys that brought Liger down with um, with yeah. uh, I think it was Pillman, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you, I suppose liaison would have been the better word. For, for you, you, yeah, you, so you know what happened is I was I was I was doing international business for them, making sure that Japanese gets take New Japan gets taken care. Of, yeah, you know when they request thing and make sure they thing then get dropped because I have access to Eric Bischoff. You were yeah you were you like know? a you were like a road agent before right yeah yeah so gotcha. that that you know so I want to make sure the Japanese you know gets Japanese the New Japan office was happy with you know the business relationship yeah. and that business relationship. You know, grew till I left um, at the year two thousand. I mean, at, the, at at that point, New Japan was paying WCW over a million dollars a year. To, so, uh, so they were uh, paying they were talent. paying them a million dollars a year just to make sure that their talent got looked after. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, well, what happened was, you know, I was bringing in, you know, we, we were promoting Chono, we were bringing Muda, um, you know, and 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 Liger and and uh, uh, Yuji Nagata. Um, and you know people like that. We were using New Japan talent on a television show, as well as um, they were they were paying us to be able so they can use Kevin Nash, Hall, yeah. you know, yeah. you know those big big time star from us, you know. Yeah. And here's what we did. One of the smart thing we did was that um, guys like and this worked in a favor for both companies. Was you had a guy like Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko. Um, those guys uh, was New Japan contract. They were on a New Japan contract. Yeah. So what we did, 
uh, we negotiated so that those guys could be under WCW contract. Oh, so got more gonna... money. Gotcha. They, and they get to work in the United States. Right. Also, they could still work in New Japan. And New Japan right. then got their contract off their book, but they were doing, you know, because they were they had to deal with uh, the WCW to be yeah, 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 sure. So it was, you know, the win-win deal for everybody. Yeah. And so those were the kind of thing we did. And, and, and uh, uh, you know, it was, it was a great thing. And, of course, when, when uh, I was involved with the uh, uh, the creation of NWO Japan with Chono, you know, double-crossing me, joined NWO, starting NWO Japan. That was awesome. I brought Muda yeah. in yeah. to avenge my disgrace, and Muda joined NWO with Chono. So those two guys became Halls and Nash version of Japan. You know, which was two of the top stars from New Japan office. Sure, yeah. To go against New Japan. And that's the New Japan, uh, uh, NWO Japan angle was huge. I think it's still the biggest angle they have promoted to this day. Yeah, it was awesome. And that, that was what I was going to actually ask you there. Because that really piqued my interest. So we're, we're talking in the uh, Super J Cup and stuff when the likes of Eddie Guerrero would have been um, the Black Tiger. Right. And, right. and and Benoit would have you know been wrestling as Pegasus Kid. You guys were actually negotiating deals to get them to WCW at that time as well. Right. That's and, awesome. You know, and and yeah. it worked out great because we were going. We had to produce because we started Nitro and Thunder, and we needed more talent. Yeah, of course. So we had course. access to New Japan talent, and of course we took some of the New Japan talent, like Scott Norton. We signed him. You know. And so that's how those, because Scott Norton was predominantly working in Japan at the time. So, you know, we, we and one of, the, one of the best things that I think WCW did really well was, uh, you know, introducing the, the Japanese talent, Japanese superstars, um, um, you know, like uh, likes of Baltimore Dragon, uh, uh, Chris Jericho. Yeah. Um, those yeah. guys all came, um, you know, doing that. We, we, you know, the WWE, WWF at the time, they were, you know, all those guys was bigger than life guys. You know, yeah. we brought in those cruiserweights that, I mean, you know, they could do amazing, you know, maneuvers, yeah. wrestling maneuvers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you know, the, the, the WWE didn't really push. Yeah. So, you know, we gave them an alternative wrestling product that I think, you know, that was, that was a very more... I think it was very interesting at the time. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, for example, I still get through when I when I look back on the WWE WWE Network now. I um I, I I get through an episode of Nitro quicker than I get through a, an episode of Raw back in those days because yeah. of because of the talent in between the show. I find myself switching off when when the bigger talents. Come on and start talking. Yeah, there, you know, there, there's too much, too much. You know, the bigger town, there's too much talking, right? Too exactly, much, you know, exactly. Yeah. That exactly. You got my point. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, we, we call it too much gagas. Yes. You know, I mean, look, you can switch on a channel at eight o'clock and watch Ray Mysterio versus Ultimo Dragon. You don't need any freaking storyline. No, you no. You watch these guys just go at it. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, a Pillman versus Jushin Thunder Liger. You don't need any stories. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, you know, and but and, but and, if I but if I see Steve Blackman hitting somebody with a cane, like <laughs> Goldust dressed up like an idiot, it doesn't really interest me, you know, because there's no. Yeah, I you know I mean and and you got to remember uh, that period of time of Monday Night War, um, you know it was the best time for everybody. I mean yeah, rating was up. Agreed. For companies. Yeah. More people was watching professional wrestling than any time. Uh, even now, any yeah. time in history of professional wrestling, and it will never um, be matched. Never be matched. No, and it, you know it was a great competition. Great, great wrestling product was you know was was on television. We, we as a WCW brought in you know the 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 Luchadors, which is another you know uh, a version of professional wrestling. And you have Japanese strong style. You had you had you know you have a Luchadors. Then of course you had a bigger than life. You know, uh, professional wrestling American styles from, uh, you know, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan to, you know, Hulk Hogan to, you know, uh, Hall and Nash and, 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 you know, all the, all the, all the stuff that, that uh, the people came in and expect, you know, the American fan came to expect to be able to see. So, you know, when Hogan came over, um, you know, that, 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 like I said, Eric really changed the dynamic of wrestling. He did. And when he I did. say that, I, I really mean that because he he started the guarantee contract for the boys. Yeah, and that's that's all the boys wanted to know. I mean, it works both ways. I'll tell you what. Before we get into that, in fact, guaranteed contracts, because I'm going to write that down now, and I'm going to come back to guaranteed contracts. But based on on yourself, yourself, Sonny Ono, yeah. the character. Okay, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I can remember when I first ever saw you come out you had that flamboyant suit i think it was like uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah it was it was like a hawaiian suit and you had the ozzy osbourne glasses on and the big sm- <laughs> yeah. the big smile and you were showing the teeth you didn't care it was just it right. was but i remember at that time i just wanted to kick your ass i was like oh god damn it i don't like that guy <laughs> yeah like emotionally invested you know um and I think you came out with uh, Masahiro Shono, actually. Um, yeah, yeah. And it was just... So how did the whole, you know, f- from becoming somebody that was like almost a liaison, we'll say, um, an intermediate between the the Japan and the WCW deal, um, h- how did that character come about? How did the TV deal come about well, for actually, you? Well, actually, what happened was uh, Masa Saito, who was you know who, who was who was uh, my contact at New Japan office, and Masa Saito wanted to promote. What they do in Japan is that you know, and you can imagine just at any any country, whether it's your country or what. If I can get one of your talent to be on our television show, and and make him successful, and then when he goes home, he's bigger than life, right? I mean, sure. you know, it's kind of like winning a, 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 you know, Olympics going on right now. You know, you can be any country, but if, my God, if you want a, you know, Olympic medal and you go home to your country, you're, you're a national hero, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was kind of stuff that New Japan does. New Japan would send uh, their young boys or their star over here, and my job was, you know, is to, to make him palatable for American television. Yeah. And one of the things that has to happen with these any of these non non speaking talent uh, is that they you know, we're still doing television. You gotta be able to communicate. Sure. So they needed a mouthpiece. 
Yeah. And so Masa Saito suggested that I, I, you know, I become a manager for these guys. And you got to remember the time when this was going on. You know, this was before the bubble uh, uh, burst. So that, you know, economic bubble burst. So the Japanese had amazing amount of money. Yeah. Uh, they were buying golf courses all over the world. Yeah. You know, um, we did a one sketch. You'll love this. We did a one sketch at Mount Rushmore where Colonel Parker, another manager at WCW, yeah, was trying to sell yeah. me the uh, Mount Rushmore monument, which is a national <laughs> monument. Yeah. And and we were out there with the television crew taping the show, and, I, you know, I'm negotiating. Trying to, I said, you know, and I would tell Colonel Parker, do you think I can put my face next to the guy with the big nose? What's his name, Lincoln? <laughs> you know, stuff like that. And, and, well, the people was walking around, you know, watching watching us tape the show, and, yeah. and some lady yells out, says, this is the National Monument. You can't buy this. I said, oh, yes, we have much money. We can buy anything we want. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she was really getting really upset. You know, that's but, awesome, man, because that's, yeah, you guys were actually doing some really, um, I mean, I'm talking about this from a 13-year-old perspective, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, you guys were doing some really, really innovative stuff. Like, I remember e- even the um, even the, the deal with, with Jericho going with the whole conspiracy. Um, oh, yeah. Those little segments were just absolutely phenomenal, you know? Uh, and the segment yeah, that you a lot just... of those guys, you know, they, they would come up with the Jerichos, you know, he's, 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 he's a genius when it comes to uh, that. I mean, he he still you know, is a genius. Look at what he's doing now, he, you know? Oh, absolutely. He, yeah, yeah. You know, he just he just did the Big, big Dome show in, uh, uh, in, in uh, uh, Japan, you know, just, just a month ago. Yeah, you watched um, it, yeah? You watched it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we... You know, what, he just... Yeah, he's amazing. He's amazing. I was really sad. Matter of fact, we were on a Bruce cruise together before. Just you know, he has already decided to go to WWE, and 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 you know, and and because I have you know I have some involvement for him in getting a job at WCW. Yeah. Um, um, you know, with a group of people that that, that we hired at the same time. You know, Benoit and 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 uh, uh, Malenko and Guerrero and yeah, yeah, Guerrero yeah. and. Ultimo Dragon, sure. all those guys, they all came because, you know, they had to have somebody they can wrestle with. And, and you know, he was, so I was involved in that, all that stuff when they got hired. So I was really sad to see him go because, you know, um, um, he's, you know, obviously, you know, time has proven himself. Um, you know, he's a very, 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 very talented person. Yeah, I mean, I guess it, I guess in hindsight, uh, twenty twenty vision, you, 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 the right decision was made for him, you know. Oh, um, without a doubt. Yeah, um, I, I guess like to 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 talk about some guys, I've written some guys down now. You know, from from a, because a lot of people don't know, um, uh, you know, especially a lot of people over here in Ireland um, or and the UK um, wouldn't really know. Or have known that you had so much um, involvement backstage. Um, I've, I've obviously been talking to you for a while, so I had an idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what do you think? There's there's a couple of questions I want to ask you. We'll start with sure. one with, with Bret Hart. Okay, that's that's always the um, that's always the, the the question that people. I'm sure you've heard it, you know, many many times before. Um, how did that not work out in WCW? Because Bret Hart was the hottest commodity in in world wrestling in 1997. I'm pretty sure we're both in agreement on that one. Yeah. What do yeah, you, th- you know, What do you I, think happened personally? What what what, I, what do you think happened? I, I, 
you know, I, I, I wasn't involved in any, any of those top guy stuff, but for my, my perspective, I can give you. Exactly, that, yeah. You know, yeah. Brett, Brett and I have talked, you know, and, and I think he was, he, he was pretty frustrated when he came over, um, cause I remember Eric talking to him about it, um, but I think he was frustrated because they didn't really have um, direction, yeah. solid direction of what they what, what, what they were gonna do with them. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they threw stuff at him, um, and you know whether he did it because he needed to do it or you know. But I don't think he was in on it. You know, hundred um, percent. And you know how, however. Whoever fault, I'm not putting a fault on anybody, but they just didn't really, you know, use them like they should have used them. You know what I mean? Yeah, God, because I, I mean, if if Spanner made him, yeah, you know, you know uh, if, you, if you're the guy, if you're the guy using Bret Hart, you're gonna make sure he's the top guy, surely, aren't you? Right, right. You know what I mean? Because he's coming in, yeah, with all this absolute madness behind them because of what had happened yeah. with the Montreal Screwjob. Yeah. And then I guess I don't know if it's a Hogan thing or it's a Nash thing. I, I, I don't know. You know, I, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, Hogan had uh, uh, creative control, but I don't know how much he you you know he used any of that stuff. When I when I say creative control, is that you know he has he has right to veto stuff that he didn't you know the stuff that he was involved in. Yeah. You know. But, which which uh, I which I guess in turn. She says that if Brett wants to get involved with Hogan in any way, means it doesn't happen, you know. So, I yeah, get, yeah. If Hogan don't want to; it doesn't happen. Yeah, exactly. So, right. well, it was, you, but, you know, it is, it is what it is, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, twenty twenty hindsight, there was a lot of stuff we could have done. I think. Yeah. Um, um, I I I do remember uh, we were in West Virginia, and I I brought these um um. A girl named Ozaki and Kyuri Suzuki from Japan. Um, there were there were uh, uh, Gaia Japan girls, um, uh, formerly with uh, All Japan Women Wrestling, which is phenomenal. How, how stiff they are, yeah, how tough man. they are, and, and yeah. you know they they put boys to shame. I'm oh, literally. big time, big time, um, yeah, yeah. And and uh, um, we opened the Nitro show with it, and just just you know just tore the place out. I mean just. Just the stuff they were doing was just amazing, you know. And this was like you know, ninety. This was like ninety six. Yeah, they jump off the top turnbuckle and double stomp the girl on the, you know, on 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 the mat, you know, with both feet right on their gut, you know, stuff like that. And this I was mean, like you know, 1990, 1996, 97, So that just goes to right, show you. Right. This goes to and, show you that it was like what, maybe fifteen years ahead of its time. Right, and 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 literally. You know, because, you know, we had we had Akita Hokuto, we had a Bonacano, you know, we had Chigusa Nagayo, which is a three of probably a legendary women wrestlers at the time. Um, and, you know, we had them at WCW, and and, 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 and we feel with uh, uh, Medusa. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, there, there was stuff that we were doing that they, they weren't doing, and... and uh, um, uh, I remember when those two girls, Cutie Suzuki and Ozaki, wrestled the match, tore the place down on an opening bout of uh, Nitro, and you know uh, Kevin Sullivan was a booker at the time, and and everybody's you know everybody said you know everybody just couldn't believe all the stuff that what the girls were doing, and they got you know 
uh, pat in the back all the way, you know, the, man, you guys are great, so on, so on, so on. So we go to a, we had a day off and went to a next town to do, I think we were doing a thunder taping or something. And, and, uh, Kevin calls me into the, the booking office and goes, and, and, you know, I'm, the girls are here for weeks, so I figured they're going to be, you know, they're, they're going to, since they did such a great job, they're going to be uh, featured on, you know, next, on a Thunder and, and Saturday Night TV taping and our syndicated shows. And Kevin says to me, he goes, Sonny, I, you know, I, I can't use the girls anymore. Really? I go, what do you mean? They're only here for a week. It says, I said, what? You just got that, you know, you were telling me how great they were. You know, last night in the bar, you were talking about how great they are. He says, Sonny, I, you know, I watched the show again. And he says, I said, yeah, what, did you see something different? He said, no, they're just as great as they were. I said, well, what's the issue? He says, they're making our boys look bad. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. So we can't use them. So the, women, <laughs> the, women's, re, the, the women's revolution isn't a new thing. It's just the fact that the girls were held back back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, and they were just phenomenal. This you know, I, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of what, what Japanese, Joshi means women in Japanese, Joshi wrestling, and I'm, I'm a big fan of it. Me and, too, and, me uh, too, me too. And, yeah, and, and if I, you know, I'm always, I'm always promoting to try to get, you know, these guys to bring those Japanese women into uh, United States shows, uh, because that, you know, they, they, they do such a great, still phenomenal jobs, you know. Yeah. They're <laughs> so stiff, right? Well, here, here, here's a question for you, Sonny. Um, yeah. In 1994, when uh, I think it was some, it was SummerSlam '94, um, when Bull Nakano and Medusa wrestled under the, the WWE umbrella. Right, right. Um, I think it was a Lundra Blaze. So, yeah. what what was the difference in WWE allowing these women to do their thing? In fact, you know, not even just WWE allowing them to do that thing. What do you think the difference was with the matches being better in WCW? But also, why was it a thing at that particular time period where women were allowed to come in and do a match and then all of a sudden you wouldn't see them for years? What's that down to, do you think? Well, I think, I, you know, just like anything else, right? I mean, it, it, it's, all, it's all about booking. Yeah. And, and um, um, you know, some of the people get... You know, and, and, and I heard it from the boogers, you know, he just, he, he told me, he says, girls are making our boys look bad. I mean, but I mean, you know. what I, I guess what I'm, what I'm asking is, in that particular time period, because we're talking about, you know, 94, 95, right. was women's wrestling really hot elsewhere that made WWE and WCW need to have women's wrestling at that time, or? No, no, for us, for us, it was very simple. Um, because I was, you know, because, I mean, um, I, I knew, you know, uh, Debbie or, or uh, Medusa was coming in. Yeah. And the problem she had, and, and that she explained to me, you know, remember, she learned her craft in Japan. Yeah, and she was, she's a really cool girl, yeah. Right. And, 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 and so, and, and she worked with, you know, Hokuto and, and, and Chigs and Nagano and, and Bonacano. You know why she was in all Japan, uh, you know all, all Japan Women Wrestling Company, which was really big in in, in Japan. It was a, it was a big company, yeah. and and uh, uh, for us, you know, uh, 
we really couldn't find lot, enough American talent that he can stay with Medusa. So it was easy for us uh, through our New Japan contact and everything else um, to get you know, Japanese uh, girls to get, to get Japanese girls to come in, you know, feud with Medusa. Sure. Right, that makes sense, yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that, that, that was our thing. Yeah. And, and one of the most regrets I have, if I, if I have it, you know, um, is that Medusa didn't get her uh, uh, WCW Women's Championship built. Um, yeah. To this day, I mean, the deal was um, we were going to do a three event, and the third event that we were supposed to do where Medusa goes to Japan and when, when the, the WCW belt back in Japan from Hokuto. That was supposed to be the deal. Um, that's why we had two matches uh, where Hokuto went over. Um, Akira Hokuto went over uh, here in the United States, and and you know it would have been huge for Medusa, and you know to be able to win the belt back from Japan, and and that was supposed to be the that that that's what was supposed to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, so I guess and, uh, I guess for you it's it, it, seeing the way women's wrestling is now. Especially after the, the, the Royal Rumble, um, yeah, it must be because I can tell that you take a lot of pride in the female wrestlers, you know. Oh um, yeah, and, and yeah, I mean they're they're, I don't know, I, I I just think the women, you know, wrestling out of Japan is just amazing, right? And not to say there's not a, a good wrestler here in the United States, but no. I think the problem I think is that is that you know we're we're kind of spoiled here in the country. Is that you know um, too much? Too much TNA, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, when I say too much, I, you know, beautiful girls can be strong girls too. But, sure, sure. You know, but you can why, why not have both, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Um, and 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 let's make it real, man. There's there's girls out there that you know, a lot of girls out there. Um, they might not be beautiful, but but they're tough as nails, right? Well, um, yeah. So it's it's now you know that kind of segue to you know what what um, um, we we got a, a women MMA champion coming into WWE right yeah Ronda um, Rousey yeah yeah so you know that's going to be interesting you know yeah how um, how do you how do you see that deal going down or, uh, do you have every confidence no you know I I really don't know how that'll work well I mean you you a, you know Roddy Piper you 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 knew Roddy Piper yeah. oh yeah 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 so. I mean, for somebody who seems like she had a really, really great relationship with Roddy Piper, um, especially right. wearing the jacket out there the other day as well. Yeah. Um, well, my my thing is that is that how is she going to? You know, I mean, she's a great athlete, so I don't think she's going to have a problem. But you know, wrestling, pro wrestling is such a you know a a a. a you know, art form, right? I mean, sure. I really believe it's, yeah, yeah. it's a, a great art form. Oh, it's the so, best, it's the know, hardest art form uh, to learn. It is. Right. So how is Ronda Rousey going to react when somebody, you know, throws, you know, throws a couple of potatoes? Well, you know? well, do you know what I, <laughs> do you know what I would say at that, Sonny? Um, I think her love for the wrestling business right. tells me that she's going to react okay. You know what I mean? Because 
it's not like someone coming in just for a payday. This is somebody who's made their name through <laughs> probably the hardest avenue that you could possibly make your name in. Right. In, right. in legitimate fighting. Um, and coming in and saying, you know what, I love this business and I want this to be my career from now on. Um, yeah, they, you know, they've been, they've been successful people who, who you know, who um, uh, translated from, you know, the shoot MMA to professional wrestling. There's many, many, you know, athletes. Yeah. Um, who's the best? Uh, they, who, who's the best that you've seen? Um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, I don't know if you know Brad Ringens. Brad yeah, Ringens was an yeah, ADA yeah, yeah. guy. He was, yeah, he was, he was an 88 Olympian. Yeah. United States, Greco-Roman guy. Yeah, phenomenal. And, you know, um, hell, hell of a right. hold. Hell of a hold. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that guy had an extra, um, um, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, he, he had one of those stupid strengths. Yes, you know what exactly. I mean? that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and um, um, you know, and, and, and then, you know, you, you had a few others that, that didn't transcend too well. You know, one of the great guys that I manage, and and, and dear friend of mine, is, is uh, uh, Ernest Cal Miller. You know, he's... He just won last year. He won the 50 and over, believe it or not, 50 and over um, uh, NASCA, which is a, uh, a sports karate association. Sure. He won. Uh, uh, yeah, he won a world title again last uh, last year. Ernest Cap Miller. And and for anybody that doesn't know Ernest Cap Miller, he was actually in the movie The Wrestler. So there we go. Yeah, he yeah he played Ayatollah. He played uh, the he, uh, Iranian. By the way, you need to tell him. You need to tell him to call me back because um, he he's he's not responded to my um, my quest to have him on Dynamo's dozen. So <laughs> okay, all right, all right, I'll do that. I talked to him about weekly. So <laughs> that's cool. No, I, I'm kidding. No, no. I, I, he's actually somebody that really interests me um, as well. Because yeah, Ernest, of Ernest is a you know he's a, he's a legit. You know, martial artist, yeah, and, yeah. And, and a world champion in, in his own right, and you know, um, but like, a great you know, actor people, too, great actor, man. Yeah. And we had a guy like you know, we also had a guy like Tank Abbott who didn't really transcend too well. No, no, um, no, no, that didn't work. <laughs> that didn't work. That did that did not work. I mean, I mean, if you're gonna get a Tank Abbott out just for the sake of the fact that he he done, um, you know, he done MMA. Right. You may as well just stick with Jim the Anvil Neidhart, you know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> because it's the same well, thick physique, yeah. you know. But Jim well, looks yeah, better. Well, Jim looks better. So. Right. Yeah. When he can work. <laughs> yeah, he can work, and he's got much nicer colors. He's got black and pink. <laughs> You've got Tank Abbott right. coming out in a pair of shorts. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> tell me, yeah. tell me something. Actually, I saw some. I, I saw a really funny video today. Um. I'd seen it a long time ago, but I saw it. I saw it again today. We're just going. You know, I'm gonna I'll, after this way. We segue again, but that's what we do yeah. on on wrestling podcasts. It's just the way it is. Um, La Parca, um, very interesting oh, yeah. character. Very interesting character. But yeah, I saw that video where he 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 like sat in the front seat and some guy tried to pull his mask off and he just punched him square in the face. Oh. <laughs> You know, you know, he's really big time in Mexico right now. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. He's, he's really famous. He's really big right now in Mexico. And is he still uh, working? Yeah, yeah. Wow. And he, you know, he's one of those guys. Um, uh, I hope he doesn't hear this this one, but he's one of those guys. It's a great thing that they wear masks. Yeah. You know, there was a couple of people that that. Uh, he's not so good looking, is what you're trying to say. 
Yeah, he'll, he'll get he'll get more dates with a mask on than a mask off. Gotcha. <laughs> hey, maybe maybe that's where I've gone wrong over the years. <laughs> no, oh. I, a joke. And no, but some of the inter- I'm just I'm looking through like a list of of some of the guys um, and gals that you've uh, that you've managed over the years. Start with um, Yuji Nagata, obviously. Yeah, um, he's still wrestling for New Japan. He's, yeah. he's, he's one of the, you know, one of the the higher ups, and and uh, uh, he's one of the seniors now up there at that office. But yeah, yeah. he just renewed his contract just uh, 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 in January. Yeah. So he's with the company still. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and you know, Jushin Thunder Liger, who is going to, uh, I think, I think he's accepted challenge from uh, Rey Mysterio in one of their big shows in in California that they're going to have. In, I believe in, in Ray Mysterio March. looked. I gotta say, Ray Mysterio looked absolutely phenomenal when he came out to the Rumble. He looked yeah. phenomenal. Um, I mean, the body. Yeah. The, the, see, that's the difference, though. You know, people people are clamoring for him to come back in a full time contract, but you got to remember as well, the body doesn't always, you know, right. tell the full. Yeah, you- the, the outside yeah. doesn't tell the... It's like the iceberg syndrome, you know? It's like the Titanic right. syndrome. It's what's underneath. Is, is yeah. You what know what? And, 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 and I'm, and I'm going to say this for your audience, but, you know, it's amazing what these rough professional wrestlers at that level, I'm talking about people who's, you know, when we were at WCW and, and, and people at WWE right now, you know, those people travel 300 days a year, and yeah, they probably man. wrestle, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, they'll probably wrestle, um, you know, a couple hundred matches. Yeah. And, and you know, it doesn't matter who you are, bump is a bump. Yeah, know? dude. And, we, we, and, and, and their body are not designed to get beat up, you know, day after day. No. Um, you know, you need time to recover. And, and unfortunately... Um, it's a double-edged sword, right? If I'm if I can't perform, that means I can't get over. Yeah. If I can't get over, I can't make money. Exactly. So, exactly. So what happens to a lot of these guys is that they'll they'll mask their injury, you know, by 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 uh, muscle relaxants and painkillers and stuff like that. Yeah. Which which you know susceptible. Not everybody, but some are susceptible getting addicted to that stuff, and that's why. More wrestler dies at young age than than the, any other profession. Well, it, it, that that's the truth, and I mean, it, it it's basically to mask the pain, I guess. Um, yeah. You know, because like you say, if if you feel like you're bumping, but it's not hurting as much as it did the night before, then you're going to keep going with what makes you feel that it's not hurting. And, and, like, and which causes. Permanent injury. Exactly, you know? which which brings you to the alcohol, and then yeah. which brings you yeah. to everything else. You know, so yeah. I mean, one of the one of the people that we got to talk about, um, the, the the absolute great, and I'm 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 happy to say the great and not the late, uh, Mr. Ric Flair. Like how yeah. that how that guy is still going. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. Well, I was talking to Steve Small uh, uh, two days ago. We had a dinner down in Tennessee. Yeah. Um, Steve Small was the uh, one of the producer at TNA WCW. Um, he you know he so he and uh, so he knows Rick and I know Rick and and you know uh, Rick Flair that you see on television is really the Rick Flair. 
Oh yeah. I mean, he. I've no doubt. There's there, yeah. There's no persona there. That's him. Yeah. And you know, um, when he's talking about jet flying and limousine riding and 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 Space Mountain and all that, that's him. Yeah. And and um, uh, you know, so he it, it, it's uh, uh, it's legit. It's, it's legit. It's, yeah, he's the real deal. Yeah. And and mm. um, you know, uh, uh, you know, um, unfortunately that he, you know. The, he has to keep working, actually, you know, because of um, his, his, his um, third or fourth divorce that he had. You know, women keep <laughs> taking taking the money away from him. So yeah, um, well, yeah. He, he seems to be in a good place at this moment of time, and, and that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and, you, you know, know the, the man had a the, the great life, but it also had a hard, you know, a lot of heartaches. Well, that's it. You know, it seems the alcohol seems to have taken a backseat now, and hopefully, it stays that way because right, it, right, sh- it right. should it should yeah. do. When it becomes a problem, you gotta you gotta kind of nip it in the bud, as they say yeah. in Ireland and and the UK. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. Then we've we got some other guys. Some you you've actually managed some interesting people. I mean, psychosis. <laughs> oh like, yeah. Yeah, psychosis. Um, we said Ernest Miller, Yushin Tudor, like a Kaz Hayashi. El Dandy, a lot of the luchadors. Oh, the dog! You know? The dog has joined us on the podcast. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, you know, I, I did the, you know, I did the thing with La Parka for a while, and and and, and uh, you know, what happened was, you know, a lot of those guys weren't being used because they don't speak English, so you know. Uh, I, I, you know, they were, they were in a back, not being used. So Kevin Sullivan says, "Hey, you want to start managing some of these guys?" I said, "Absolutely." They're, you know, great. Do you talent. do you think those guys were a detriment to themselves though by not actually taking the time to learn the English language? Do yeah, you know what but, I mean? But let, let, yeah, let, but let me also tell you this, okay? Yeah, and I and I truly believe this. That wasn't a knock put away. No, 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 no. I understand. No. But here's a problem, right? That's what managers are for. Number one. Number two, reason why I say that is very this. true. Yeah, nothing, nothing worse than, and and trust me, you and I and everybody else had gotten a call at customer service, and guy speaks real bad English, you know, from India, you know, and 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 you have a freaking hard time understanding his English because it's his second language, and I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just saying nothing worse than trying to understand somebody. Uh, and it makes it very difficult for them to communicate what they're trying to get through if you have real bad English, yeah. you know, real broken English, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, that's more frustrating to the to the audience than you know. You don't want you don't want everybody going looking at each other, going like, "What did he say? What what was, it, what was that again?" You know what I mean? So, um, you know, if you can speak English, I mean, English is second language for me, but. I, I think you can understand me well, and I don't, you know, I don't have too many people asking me, you know, what are you trying to say? Yeah, like, you know? I mean, you, you know, for for someone who is a Japan native, you've got a really good kind of grasp on, you know what I mean? You, you're, you, yeah, well, I'm educated in the United States, so, you know, that makes it, you know, that makes it a lot easier. But, yeah. It's I, good I, to know, it's good to know Eric Bischoff. <laughs> 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 you know, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. Now, so, you know, um, but I, I, I think there's, you know, a lot of great talent. And, and, and also remember this, um, much as, you know, wrestling is big in your country, just think about all the country that professional wrestling is not really hasn't blown up yet. 
I'm talking about China. Now, India has grassroots, pretty good promotion starting there now. But there's so many countries like Philippines, um, uh, Malaysia, um, you know, those are the countries that it's professional wrestling are new to them, and I think I think it's going to blow up um, uh, in the next 10 years. International is where the professional wrestling will go and, 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 and get back to the, uh, the heydays of um, hopefully another great company will come along and, and you know, be able to compete against WWE. And that's that's the kind of question. Do you really think anybody can at this point? I mean, we're talking about Vince McMahon as an old man. Fair enough, he's going to leave it to... I mean, what Triple H is doing at this moment in time is really good. You know, with the yeah. NXT stuff. And, um, you know, he, right. he he's doing basically what you were doing back in 1994 because he's he's come from, I guess, the territory system. That would be fair right. to say. Yeah. Um, and he knows what I mean. For example, for example, um, bringing the likes of um, war games into like a pay per view shows yeah. where Triple H's mind is at. He he's looking at the bigger picture, saying, "Okay, sometimes you need a gimmick pay per view. You need kind of certain gimmicks in order to to make the rest of the show be what it's meant to be." You know. Yeah, um, no, that, I mean, he, you know, he, he, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, he was, he was, he was with with WCW when I was there, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, terrorizing. Yeah. <laughs> right. But um, so, no, yeah. I guess what I'm saying is, um, you mentioned all these kind of, and that was a really interesting uh, narrative that you you mentioned there regarding. Um, you know, the Malaysian countries and stuff like that, and that's true. Right. That that they are they are places that have not really been I, I suppose no, it's untapped exactly think about exactly think about Africa yeah the size of it like, yeah yeah, yeah there, 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 there's a lot more to be you know I mean obviously professional wrestling works it's just that you got to package it and 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 to answer your question can it be another another resurgence of those days of Monday Night War yes he can it just it's gonna take you know it's going to take another Ted Turner who's willing to uh, put money and, 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 and uh, you know, have a platform like a, a, a big cable network, you know, to be able to put, put the product on. Um, and I think that was, the, you know, that's, that was the issue with, uh, um, like, TNA, you know. It just they, they lost, you know, they lost the direction and, and, and uh, you know, who knows? Eric Bischoff might still come back around. If, but yeah. I don't. You know, I talked to Eric about this once. Well, I, I, I honestly I think I honestly believe I've always been like I said. Me and you know, I'm I'm 33 years old. Okay, so yeah, I, 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 yeah, I was around back in the time when the wrestling heyday was in its. I was I was right, right. I was emotionally invested. Put it that way. Right. Um, and I think. When I look at it now, having been in the business myself as well, and um, yeah. on a small scale, you know, over over yeah. in the UK and Ireland, um, seeing it the way it was over here, and then hearing you have this conversation with me about how it was over in the United States, um, I always think of my friends that are involved in wrestling now, and 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 how they're gonna make their money, and and how they're gonna kind of make it their. Yeah make it their living basically you know 
Right, right, right. Without without getting hurt, not without getting hurt, but without um, without having any kind of demons in the process, if you know what right. I mean. Yeah. Um, no, I, I I hope I, I you know I'm hopeful that that you know and and next um, you know New Japan's making a run at you know. And I mean, they are the number two company and uh, yeah. pro wrestling company yeah, in the world. Definitely, uh, they're, they're destined second, but you know, they, but they're they're, gonna, they're doing a show. They're opening up a dojo, as you know, in in, in California. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they they are going to and they got access TV. So they have a platform that uh, was was Mark Cuban. You know, so you know he might be the guy. He might be the guy who's going to invest in New Japan product and and make it bigger than you know and and, and bigger for American audience. Well, hopefully, um, because I think I think Eric is somebody that needs to, and that's what I mean. I was always on. I was on Team Eric once. Uh, I I was actually just so loyal to Brett the Hitman Hart when he got screwed. Yeah. I I went over to WCW. And I kind of came along, but I, I was so, and that's that's the way re- professional wrestling works, though. To young guys, to young girls, and guys, you know, um, right, right. They follow their favorites, and that, and that. Once I start watching Nitro, in fact, over in Ireland, okay, we didn't even have. Um, there was no, we didn't have TNT on our uh, regular. Oh, okay. So it w- unless you had money, um, you had to have right. satellite TV. Right, right. So you would get it like a week later, you know. You would get oh, it on yeah. on the Friday, very similar to the way you know it would be to a lot of guys now. Um, and I used to give a VHS to my uncle. This is old school uh, for all you young. Ca- <laughs> I had him record it for you. Yeah, for all you. But he would record about four weeks worth of nitros on long play <laughs> because you could make it. T- believe it or not, Sonny, you know what I'm talking about. You could make yeah, yeah, yeah. you could make a VHS that was three hours long, be six yeah. hours long on long play. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I, used, I, I literally used to watch every single thing you guys done. So absolutely. Oh, that's great. Honor, honor. I'm glad, you, I'm, I'm glad to know that you're a great fan of my old old work. Yeah, but biggest um, biggest fan, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, listen. Let's let's keep in touch, and and thank you for having me on your podcast. Um, I'm gonna have to run here. Um, and, yeah, and of course. About, and but but you know, let's do one again. Whenever whenever you're ready, I'm ready for you. And and uh, you know, uh, uh, I'm hopeful that you can talk to some of your promoter, so you can bring me and Ernest the Cat Miller, or me and Ultimo Dragon, or all of us to uh, uh, you you lovely country because I like to spend about a week there. And and uh, I heard you guys have those. You guys still have warm beer. Warm beer. You like warm beer? No, I'm not, but I'm just asking. You guys have a warm beer? Well, we can get warm beer. Or is, no that, problem. Just in, or is that just in England? I'm your beer hookup if you want. We got warm beer oh. here as well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. All right. Put, 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 and with that, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go. But, uh, yeah, let's stay in touch. And, and uh, yeah, give me, you know, have you one of your promoter call me so we can, I, I, we can, we can, I can come and see you in person. Well, for sure, we're definitely going to do it. And again, I'm going to thank you um, for f- from my perspective, but also from my audience perspective. It's been an awesome, uh, awesome interview and an awesome insight into uh, the man behind the Aussie Osborne shades and that beautiful suit. <laughs> and I think, I think, I'm, you know, <laughs> yeah, and if thing goes right, I might have to take you to uh, Japan. I just would just, you know, I work for a company called Fight TV. 
and we just sponsored a guy, um, uh, a guy named Alex, Rex Andrew, who uh, for uh, Russell One training camp for 18 days. Yeah. And um, uh, we just did that. He's from Reality of Wrestling, you know, Booker T's promotion yeah. uh, out of Houston, Texas. And, and uh, yeah, so we, we do stuff like that, and, you know, I, I, I keep my hands in it, still doing some international business with a lot of MMA, martial arts, and, and uh, uh, professional wrestling company. And, and so, uh, you know, I, I, I try to keep my feet wet all the time. Well, listen, and my friend. One of these days, I'm, yeah, one of these days I'm going to have to take you to Japan. Well, do you know what? Me and you are going to talk business, and I would, uh, I would be absolutely honoured for you to show me um, the beautiful country of Japan because that is on my bucket list. So, um, oh that, yeah, you, you'll you'll not want to come back. I know you live in a little island up there, but you go, you're going to love the island of Japan. I'm, I guarantee you. Well, I can't wait for it, my friend, and we will uh, right. we, we we will keep in touch. But listen, again, from me to you, Sonny absolute pleasure one of my favorite interviews i've ever had so thank you very much oh, for well, taking thank the time. you so much thank you yeah thank you so much for having me and to your audience you can catch me on my facebook you know i'm just on the sunny Ono, so um you you can always you can always catch me and see what i'm up to and where i'm going yeah. and uh once again i appreciate you know having you on your podcast absolute pleasure my friend all right pleasure take care take care bye-bye now what an interview that was with the great Sonny Ono. I guess um, I guess that's about that about wraps it up for this week. Um, I think what I'm looking forward to this weekend, what I'm going to do is I'm going to watch George Groves versus Chris Eubank Jr. Go on my Instagram actually, and uh, and talk about that. And I'll tell you what. If anyone predicts the correct round, anyone that watches this fight today, tonight, that predicts the correct round is going to get beers on me. And what I mean is I'm going to properly send you some beers, okay? So, um, Jay, yeah, 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 think about that. I want the round that uh, either, you know, either, either you bank or... Um, Mr. Groves gets beaten in. I want you to predict the round. I'm thinking, I'm making this up on the spot. You can tell that. But, uh, no. Listen, guys, this has been an absolutely um, a pleasure again. Letting you guys hear the great story that Sonny Ono had to, to tell there because there was some insight there. This guy was a, uh, was a legend of WCW, not just because he was working behind the scenes or in the scenes but he was he's just an absolute genuine gent so um yeah i think all that needs to be said right now you know what's coming is dynamo it's over and out